What's good, listeners? Welcome to the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show. Good morning, Marissa. How's it going, fam? It's going fabulous. Right? It's a beautiful day. It's finally getting cold in Southern California. It's December 10th. That's the day it finally started to freeze. (laughs) (laughs) The day the winter finally came. But, hey, we always love to do this at the top of the show because on this day in 1964, Martin Luther King Jr. received his Nobel Peace Prize and also on this day in 1997, Eminem released the Slim Shady EP, which is what put him on the map with Dr. Dre and Jimmy. And we've got a great show for everybody out there tuning in live on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show YouTube channel. Our guest on Just Talking is comedian Marcus Hawkins with a Christmas comedy special because all I want for Christmas is more wokeness and also our strike accord guest is animal son returning to debut their brand new song and you guys are in for a treat because we have the music video as well and also don't forget to check out our brand new podcast series off the fret featuring royals as our second guest it's more music more music talk all right marissa it's time to rock and roll What's good, listeners? All I want for Christmas is more wokeness. Our guest returning live on the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show for just talking is comedian Marcus Hawkins, and we're we're in for a treat. You know how many times we've had him on? Probably like three, four times now. And the lovely man himself. He's a working man. He's a hard man. He's a hard worker. We love him. He's connecting his audio. He's doing his thing. Yay. He's joining us while he's on the move. And we have very we have something very special at the top of the show. So Marissa, we might as well cue the music. Are you ready? Are you ready, CCS family? Let's get it. The one and only comedian Marcus Hawkins. So so what's up? How you doing? Everything good? Yeah, you know me reporting live from the from the driver's seat of the car. <laughs> hey, you do know you, that's what's up. Do you live in your car? Because every time I see you, you're in your car. <laughs> no, it's just uh, I'm at work, so you know how it is. I thought I did. Well, Marcus, you probably have never been asked this before, especially at the top of the show while you're in your car. But we kind of thought it'd be kind of some fun because, you know, the listening audience has been getting to know you over the years, especially when we're on our third year now with the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. And we kind of thought it'd be kind of some fun if you can kind of give us a little bit of stand-up, you know, kind of entice the listening audience about what Marcus Hawkins is all about and what we can anticipate in those comedy improvs. So are you ready? Um, about as ready as I'm going to be. You know, there's no microphone or anything. Like hey, don't worry no about it. You know, oh, this is, you're in the metaverse now, baby. Yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> comedy. Here we go. Yes. Yeah, so just to- give y'all a little snippet of what y'all can see live off stage. I'm, I'll give y'all a little bit of jokes right now. So, um, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Mm-hmm. Butchering people's last names. Okay. Okay. That's well, you, we gonna mess up people's last names cause I'm not even good at English and that's my first language. So <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Yeah, Spiders. That, that's, that's Spiders. I, I always share my biggest fear with people because I feel like it brings me closer and people get a better understanding. Um, my biggest fear is losing any one of my front teeth. That yeah. terrifies me. 
Yeah. <laughs> the main thing is like, I put it together. If you don't have no teeth, you don't have no happiness. You know, you're missing any front teeth. You aren't going to be smiling all freely like, ha, ha, ha. And then people give you messed up nicknames when you're missing the front tooth. Snagatooth, Gumby, Wheezy, because you make that weird wheezy sound while you're breathing. <laughs> <laughs> but the main reason it really terrified me, because like I said, people are quick to judge. Like in a black community, if you're losing any one of your front teeth, you smoke crack automatically. Yeah. <laughs> automatically? <laughs> Is that the truth? <laughs> Don't nobody ask no other questions like, did your tooth ever grow in? Were you in a bad fight? If you slip and fall, no. You smoke crack and I can't trust you because if you couldn't manage to keep your teeth, you can't manage to keep any of my stuff. So, oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and, then, and then another thing in the white community, if you miss any of your front teeth, you smoke meth. You're true. automatically a meth head. So that is very true. Go to any 7-Eleven and there's a bunch of meth heads out there. <laughs> yeah. People quick to judge. You know, some of the sweetest people might be missing their front teeth, but we judge them. I judge people if they miss their front teeth. I can't trust you. Like I said, you couldn't maintain your front teeth. You can't maintain me. So, <laughs> so you wouldn't date a girl with missing front teeth? No, that's not attractive. Yeah, but she it, got... but it, it'll allow you to gum it a little easier. Oh, I, I, I tend to think that gunning thing is overrated because have you ever been bit by a baby with no teeth? That shit hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you still, it's still a pinch. Gums aren't soft. Gums are hard. Hey, he ain't wrong. <laughs> he ain't wrong. Gums are hard. No, I feel, you know, th th this kind of stuff from comedian Marcus Hawkins, you can definitely see him all the time. The metaverse is screaming for more comedy from Marcus Hawkins himself. And Marcus, let's get right on into it because obviously, you know, all I want for Christmas is more wokeness. But then again, like, yeah, why is woke comedy so unfunny? Uh, woke comedy, um, it's unfunny because people just giving people what they want. It's like people tiptoeing around people instead of just, like I always tell you, comedy is the truth. And when you try to like, Fix the truth and put lipstick on a pig. It just doesn't come out right. So yeah, I mean, but it, Marcus, it feels like comedians today are the ones who fuel the c cancel culture uh, by giving into the wokeness. And like, I don't know about you, Marcus, but like, where did this come from? Where we can't have a laugh? I mean, I believe that this has not become just an American problem. It has become a worldwide problem. What's your thoughts on all this? Uh, remember when I used to give kids participation points for trophies? Yes. <laughs> I love them. Turned, <laughs> kids have turned into adults. So you feel entitled that you're always supposed to get something. Oh. And, mm -hmm. and, and people are so sensitive now. We can't say nothing no more. So like, you're not worried saying, about the baby boomers. You're worried more about the next generation rising yeah. up, not necessarily the Gen Zers. Yeah, because the, the baby boomers, they already been used to talking reckless and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they, that's they call true. It locker room talk. You know, that's what the baby boomers call it. It's locker but, room talk. But, but have you noticed? It's, 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 that's, that's harsh. That's mean. You can't say that. But have you noticed returning to the stage anything different when you present new material? 
um, I watch other people present new material and they kind of tiptoe around it. Me, I'm going to give it to you straight for because I'm not being myself. I feel like I'm cheating everybody if I'm not telling the truth or just giving you what you need, not what you want. But what you need, that's what I give you. And that's so uh, great that you just referenced that right now, Marcus, because as we were getting ready to bring you back on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show, we literally had this conversation like six months ago. And I, and as I was watching, you know, Dave's, uh, Dave Chappelle's now controversial special called The Closer, which ignited a firestorm for jokes, you know, targeting trans people in the LGBTQ plus community. Last I recall, Marcus, you had a lot of the same jokes that Dave Chappelle shared way before the stand-up came out. So I feel like you should be canceled. Nah, I'm just playing. No! I don't want you canceled. But you get where I'm coming from. I'm just teasing. But you get what I'm saying. It's crazy like how really? you guessed this six months ago, and now it's all coming into fruition. And a couple weeks ago, Chappelle did a surprise set at his alma mater, Duke Ellington School for the Arts, and got an earful of woke from triggered teens that you're talking about with comments such as your comedy kills i'm 16 and i think you're childish to quote harsh n-word are killed every day these are things that were being shouted out at dave chappelle as he was performing at his alma mater so marcus these teens must realize that you can't have a double standard when it comes to words like we've been tackling in comedy. Words has been the, the most talked about conversation today, especially like the N-word, which has a terrible history for centuries. So why has Dave Chappelle become the target? Because it's almost like he's embracing the backlash when he says, if this is what it's like being canceled, I love it. What's your thoughts? Uh, main reason he embracing it because when they say you go at the king, you better not miss. <laughs> Plain and simple. And then these kids talking about this stuff, they haven't lived through nothing. You 16. Right. Right. You were sick. You wasn't even born for 9-11, bro. Shut <laughs> up. That's true. That, no, that's true. But isn't that kind of funny how you could be calling him a bigot and a racist and all that kind of things? But it's always so targeted, like so specific targeted when it comes to comedy. It's like anytime you make any kind of joke about the LGBTQ plus community or trans people, like the last I recall in the special, he was talking about how he praised the movement for moving a lot yeah. quicker instead of what's not happening for black Americans today. And then like, 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 uh, like I told you, People don't even listen because in the stand-up, he tell you, I don't have problems with transgender. I have problems with the white people. <laughs> right. say, nothing, but people totally miss that part. And it's like, we, we got selective hearing. You know, we hear what we want to hear. We take from stuff what we want to take from it. And when we feel offended by something, that's when we want to throw it all out. And you know what? This is TikTok and even YouTube's issue because most of these people did not watch his stand-up all the way through because he specifically said, hey, I'll sit down at the table, but you need to watch my stand-up from the start to the last end credit so you can understand the context of these yeah. jokes. And yeah, they, they didn't do it because I watched it and he made fun of everybody. Period. Right. And he, one of his best friends is a trans woman who committed suicide. And that was a tribute he put towards her. Mm -hmm. And the main reason she committed suicide is because her own people, the trans people, was the ones bullying her. Yep. It wasn't the, the straight uh, heterosexual people. It's the trans people. Like I, like I told Chris yesterday, they, they, they can dish it, but they can't take it. Like, they got mad at Michael Myers 
for killing two gay dudes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Halloween kills. I remember hearing about that. That's true. <laughs> Halloween got got canceled. <laughs> Halloween even got it felt the woke barrage. <laughs> for the longest, as as the black community, we used to celebrate when at least we were the last one killed, or we made it through a horror movie because before. Wait. Wait, you guys make it through a horror movie? Wait, uh, wait, I, I totally it, wait, forgot. Wait, 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 what Marcus movie do you take it, it to through? LL Cool J and Halloween H2O. Okay. I snap. LL Cool J, because when he didn't die in the movie, I was like, what? They did kill LL Cool J? Well, it is LL Cool J. You cannot kill that man. He is still fine as... But it's almost like they're getting to the point now where it's like, yeah, you know, if we're targeting certain words, like, I mean, we used to joke last year, you know, what if they had a show called whitish instead of blackish? Now I feel like 10 years from now, we're going to be critiquing that show blackish for, quote, bringing in African-American tropes to the mix, which this is actually just celebrating black culture and black lives in America. This we is have a, crazy We have a show called whitish. It's called Married with Children. <laughs> You're right. Good one. I like that. That was funny. That was funny, Bruce. <laughs> But Marcus, um, well, I, I was gonna say uh, duck hunters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's pretty much true. <laughs> or the Home and Garden TV show that has all our plenty of our reality shows on there. <laughs> I love Home and Garden, bro. Yeah. Catch me on but, but Marcus, let's switch gears because I want to talk to you about why comedians are choosing to blacklist themselves. Because, for example. British comedy icon John Cleese last month pulled out from a planned appearance at his alma mater, Cambridge University, writing the following tweet. And we have an image for anybody that's tuning in live on our YouTube channel. But the tweet reads, I was looking forward to talking to students at the Cambridge Union this Friday, but I hear that someone there has been blacklisted for doing an impersonation of Hitler. I regret that I did the same on a Monty Python show. So I am blacklisting myself before someone else does. So how does this help the future of comedy and freedom of speech when we allow woke staff and students to dictate the narrative? Um, it's, it's like two parts to it. One, for like a comic, one of the main tricks in comedy, if I, if I could clown myself, ain't nothing you can do that's going to hurt me. If I'm already talking about myself nothing you can say and then the second part is okay we're gonna give you all the stuff that you asked for and then when you realize how boring it is and everything then you'll beg for us to come back and then you'll want some real content so we'll keep it watered down for you we'll give you what you asked for then you're gonna realize like this is not what i want but but you're noticing at these universities i mean we've always laughed about it for years i mean even what my seven years in college i mean it seemed like you know safe spaces were the kind of the words that we were using. And now with these safe spaces, it always creates these like Q&A conversations, less about the jokes and more about the understanding of inside of a joke, if you know what I'm saying. And John Cleese also said, quote, in the last few years, I've realized that comedy is more important than I thought. Really? Like, I thought it was a place to escape, not a safe space. You get what I'm saying, Marcus? So like, yeah. do you agree with this notion? Yeah, I do, because... We the only people that's telling the truth. Like I said, you go talk mm. to politicians and stuff, you know that they lying. You know that politicians lying. Well, I can't so that's why they're getting so butthurt because you guys are actually spewing the facts instead of dancing around? Yeah, we c comedians are straight shooters. And like I said, the truth gonna set you free and the truth hurts. And when we up there telling the truth, like like Dave Chappelle telling the truth to the 
to transgender people, letting them know that gender matters. They don't want to hear that because they want to be called him, he, her, us, they. No, you as a boy, you as a girl, you can't change. <laughs> well, I guess you can change your gender, but it does matter. No, that's actually funny that you say that because a lot of these like preferred pronouns that we hear about, like one, I never, never even knew that we actually had an international pronouns day until this year. But like also second, you don't actually hear anybody having those kind of conversations in person. Like I can't wait until we're actually back in the workforce together, like everybody and see if those kind of conversations continue to thrive because I have a hard time believing that that's going to happen. But I, you, I, but yeah, go ahead. We have an associate that already told people I want to be referred to as uh, they and them when you like referencing me. Uh, hey, they come here. Hey, them. Can you help me over here? No, no. <laughs> Right. I mean, it, it's definitely one of those tricky situations. And I mean, you even kind of uh, spotted it right at the top of this talking point where like, you know, why do you wonder why you go to see some of these latest uh, bits of comedy or let's say television and film and why are they so boring? And funny enough, back in May, Marcus, Donald Glover noticed a social media discussions from people who were, quote, tired of reviewing boring stuff like television and film and claim the fault lies with creators being scared of being canceled and funny enough donald glover himself feared the woke mob and he quickly deleted a series of tweets but luckily thanks to daily mail for keeping the receipts uh he wrote the following and we're going to show the visual up for everybody that's tuning in live on the chris college show millennial talk show but the tweet reads we're getting boring stuff and not even experimental mistakes, question mark, because people are afraid of getting canceled. I think he has a point. I mean, who's going to push the boundaries? Will it be you, Marcus? Yeah, I'll push him because the main thing you got to think, that's that's where we got today. You got to step out. You got to step out on a limb and step out on faith and you got to push that envelope because if we all stay plain vanilla, it's going to be Pleasantville. Nobody likes that. Yeah, and I just think it's kind of funny how, you know, this whole targeted mob is very selective. And you know what yeah. I find hysterical is how the woke mob doesn't have a clue that comedians such as Louis C.K. and Kevin Hart have been nominated by the Grammys for Best Comedy Album. And remember now, listeners, Louis C.K. is the man who admitted to multiple acts of sexual misconduct in 2017. He quietly released an album this year. And Kevin Hart, who posted a series of his old homophobic tweets a decade ago, felt the pressure to walk away from his hosting gig at the Oscars. So, Mark, it's like, could you imagine, like, I just had this funny idea when I was talking with my producer, Marissa, about this. It's like, could you imagine having a Best Comedy Album nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys? Like, how funny would that be if, like, you just heard, like, and this year's nominees are Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, Drake. Oh, wait, excuse me. Drake has since revoked his nomination, and Louis C.K. has taken his place. <laughs> like, how funny would that be? So, like, what kind of pure jury is reviewing Best Comedy Album anyways? I mean, what's your thoughts on all this, Marcus? Shit. It's probably a bunch of old people. Ain't nobody yeah. young on that panel at all so it's probably well that's what's so funny it's like well duh it's old people i mean we we've kind of been done this kind of investigative you know uh reporting live on the chris collins show where we've noticed out that hey there is a zero age demographic that's being represented when it comes to the oscars and the grammys so when you see that along with people who specialize 
in music, judging jokes. Don't you kind of see that being a problem, or do you think it's kind of a little hypocritical that's even in the mix to begin with? Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally hypocritical. Totally. Just like, speaking of hypocritical, like that one lady who, uh, the writer, uh, Arthur or something, where she- From Harry Potter? Oh, yeah. The lady that accused the guy of raping her, like, like years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, and he spent all 16 years in prison, and, and she now, had the wrong like, guy. Ooh. And now, and now she got something that's coming out next week, but ain't nobody bringing that up. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah, I mean, that's why I find it when I was referencing with you earlier in this interview. It's like, it's weird how certain comedians like Dave Chappelle get targeted. I mean, we even saw it with Chris Rock. I mean, obviously, someone like a Louis C.K. should be targeted. I mean, but it seems like people are less like targeting these comedians for what they do I, in their I, personal I lives. Right. I don't know if he should be targeted as far as having guess, his own. Because the thing is, like, who he is. Yeah, his personal life been, compared personal to not his jokes. Should be gone through either police or his own lawsuit. But, like, who his is his jokes? Like, I don't listen to CK personally. I don't find him funny. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's why I, I'm against cancel culture saying, oh, how you're how you are, then nobody should listen to you. Absolutely. Like as a Marissa. woman, he should go to jail or have whatever his issue is. Due process. I mean, I think due that's process. the beautiful thing about America. Due okay, process. Think, right. But I you think, should be judged think, for your personality. But why are we comparing comedians like politicians today? Just because you stand on that grand stage and you rock a mic. Like, I mean, anybody, last I recall, anybody can do it. Not, now, anybody can't do it, but anybody with a microphone in their hand, people seem to glorify you. When you on stage right. in front of people, because back to the fear thing, one of people's biggest fears is speaking in front of a crowd. So if I'm over here controlling the crowd, you're in awe to me, like, wow, this guy is amazing. He should watch his words, because people, they feel li literally listen to you when you up on that stage. So they want you to be, be, be cautious of what you say, because for some reason, they think Dave Chappelle fans is out here like trans bashing people. We don't care about y'all. Right. <laughs> and it, 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 the thing is, it's not just comedians that are feeling this pressure. I mean, it is the month of December, which means it's the holiday season. And that hasn't stopped the woke barrage from shitting all over classic Christmas films. So now yeah. actors and actresses are starting to feel the heat. And some of the criticism that's been mounting over staples like Richard Curtis's Love Actually, Jack Black's The Holiday, and It's a Wonderful Life with women's lifestyle site Refinery29 taking the festive films apart and lambasting the toxic male characters. So like, for example, Love Actually is not only fat phobic, it's also sexist, Refinery29 is saying. Jack Black's charming character behaves like a dangerous sociopath throughout, and It's a Wonderful Life is extremely misogynistic. I feel like it's just, like, it's too easy to just place a word on top of these titles. And now it's, it just kind of creates, like, this void of, like, why are we having a bunch of snowflakes now? <laughs> like, you know, if, what happened to just turning it off if you don't like it? Because people people ain't got happiness and they ain't got nothing to do. If you got something to do and keep you busy and you ain't got time to be complaining about stuff, remember when, like, our moms would be complaining about stuff and start questioning stuff, then our dads would just grab them and take them away? Right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, who's who's playing on the PlayStation 4 today? Now it's my turn. He had it out. No, nobody's playing it today. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know? like, 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 dad will come and take your mom away when she's asking all these questions. These people need somebody to come take them away when he's like, what do you mean by that? Oh, you but know it, how I feel like cooking with me. Get, get on out of here. That, but this just feels like very 
like blah and very generic like what does that even mean when you say like fat phobic and sexist you know it's like what's next like charlie and the chocolate factory is encouraging childhood obesity oh no they actually tried to to cancel no they've tried to cancel charlie and chocolate factory for the pygmies because they were going against african people and making them like little colored stuff that that was already tried to been canceled and failed but who thought that when they watched these films do you marcus Professors. I was wondering who the hell was eating and killing the Opa Loompas. Right. I think that's what most kids are thinking. They're not thinking about what the real skin color of the Opa Loompas is. What is that monster that is eating the poor Opa Loompa? Oh, no. No, it's crazy. But you know what? As we're kind of like talking about some of this kind of fun, you know, kind of Christmas films, I, uh, there has been kind of some of these rumors being discussed that, you know, Will Ferrell uh, was asked to do an Elf's 2. He turned it down supposedly for a $29 million offer. I don't know too many people that did that. I know that there was one gentleman that was suggesting a Black Elf. Real quickly, Marcus, are you in favor of that or not? Hell no. <laughs> Why? Why no Black Elf? I'm all down for a Black Elf. I'm kind of with Marcus. I feel like Will Ferrell was a elf. elf. A black elf ain't nothing but a modified slave. We, we passed that. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I was just put in my place. Damn. In my place. You, wow. You, you heard it first. You're still, from... working, you're still working for a white man. You're <laughs> still working for a white man. With no breaks. No overtime. No breaks, no, no days nana. off. No. Even when Christmas Day is over, you got to start working yeah. the next year, Marcus Hawkins. Oh, wow, <laughs> I was been... just putting my place real quickly on that one. Thank you, Marcus. Hey, Marcus Hawkins, it's been amazing always to have you join us live on the Chris Collins Show, oh, Millennial God, Talk yeah. Show. Much love, man, and we will see you around most likely in the new year, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. Oh. Ciao. Yeah, welcome. Peace. <laughs> What's good, listeners? Returning live on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show is singer-songwriter Steve Blake from Animal Sun. Also, check out our second installment of our brand-new podcast series, Off the Fret, featuring UK pop-punk band Royals. More music, more music talk, out now, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we got the one and only Steve Blake with us. How's it going, my man? What's up, my dude? What's up? What's up? Hey, Steve. Hi. I like the hair. Yeah, look at the hair. The hair doesn't go away. Look at you. You're in LA right now, right? Yeah. How in the world are you rocking this nice white coat? Like, aren't you afraid you're going to damper that thing down just a little bit? It's starting to rain. It's getting cold now. Um, I'm like a little bit like out of LA right now because I'm. I'm like on the way like towards Santa Clarita. So it's it's a leather jacket. Oh, so you wanted to style and profile and just let everybody know what's yeah. good. Okay, I see you. I see you, Steven. <laughs> it's all good. But it's so good to see you again, brother. And I know Marissa and I were excited that when you reached out to us last week to give us an early listen of your brand new single from Animal Sun, it's called Safe Not Sound. And my first reaction, Steve, was you look a lot like Marlon Brando. <laughs> Especially uh, in this latest music video, because uh, is Animal Sun bringing back the eyeliner in 2022? Of course, man. Uh, the music video actually drops in one hour. It premieres on our YouTube channel. Um, we got some cool write-ups coming next week, like uh, you know, rock sound and whatnot. But um, it um, nice. It, I I think um, for this, you still music- avoided my question though. Are you bringing back the eyeliner in 2022? Com- That's the real question. <laughs> 
are, are you coming to the, the to the almost sold out show tomorrow? You know what? I was hoping. I'm still trying to make that happen. But you still are not answering my question. I'm sorry. I will wear heavy eyeliner if I can make it to the show tomorrow. It's not a guarantee. But is that something that Animal Sun's rocking in 2022? If you come to the show tomorrow, your answers will be. I <laughs> love it. Okay, fair enough. But, you know, Safe Not Sound doesn't sound like anything from your guys' last album, Echoes of a Dream, giving me Muse vibes with your super massive guitar riffs. I mean, it really kicks in right at the start of the track. So what can the listening audience anticipate with this new record? You know, we're kind of decided to take some of the darker, heavier elements of the last album, like, you know, on parts of Can You Hear the Thunder and just explore that. Um, some of the album does have that very retro 80s pop that you guys are used to hearing at this point from us. But like we wanted to push the boundary, um, especially with the live show, like since we you know did that first tour for that record uh, this past fall one of the reactions we got was this record. I mean, we love the album, but listening to it live, just like a whole different experience. Like, you know, when we play live, they're pop tunes, but we play them like they're rock tunes. So people like get into it more. People that really aren't fans of this style of music tend to like it because of how we perform it live. So we took that into account when making this last album. And it's uh, we're about nine songs in. We're supposed to finish the 10th today and that will finish the album that is so cool that we get to talk to you while you're in this creative process now and i know that i was diving deep into the lyrical content of this latest single safe not sound and you sing the following so you don't have to notice me for now because i'll keep coming around you know you're safe but not sound there's nothing in this town if no one's ever found so here's to hoping soon you'll have to leave alone Damn, like you said right at the top, you know, it's incredibly dark. I mean, myself personally, it kind of sounded like you guys were talking about some of your experience behind the scenes with the music industry, or it could be something totally off base. So what's the story behind Safe Not Sound? Well, I mean, you're not totally wrong. Um, Safe Not Sound, so this this record, uh, which I'll just tell you the name of it now, is called Generation Waiting. Let's um, go. <laughs> and... Um, it's about a group of people um, or generation, if you will, but it's not really singled out to like, oh, it's just about Gen Z or whatever, right? It's, it's <clears throat> kind of a group of people that are always waiting for the next thing, always waiting for the I made it moment, for the aha moment, waiting, you know, they, they never, they're never present. They're always looking towards that next thing. And it's keeping us in a perpetual state of wanting more and unhappiness, right? So Generation Waiting is this group of people because of how we were, you know, brought up with the digital age and um, all of these things that affected our ability to, you know, be present, be in the moment. And now we're just waiting for that next thing. We're like, oh, I made it here. Well, now I want this thing. I'm waiting for that. Right. So these group of people, we're exploring all of these themes. Okay. Who is Generation Waiting? Most of them is, you know, Gen Z millennial, but like there are people from every generation where they, they're never satisfied. Right. Right. Like when you're finally in like that the position. X-Gen. No, that was like yeah. the X Gen started that. 
like yeah. never satisfied with what it is. And then we stole it and now Z Gen stealing it. Well, <laughs> yeah, also exactly. with like what uh, Steven's bringing up, it's like, it's really getting enhanced now, especially with this digital technology. And I say, let's just let the music speak for itself. It's an amazing track. We're honored to be able to showcase this an hour before it starts to premiere for the rest of the Animal Sun fans. But you're in for a treat, CCS family, because we have it right now. We're playing the brand new music video, Safe Not Sound, live on the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show.
that is Animal Sun's brand new single and music video. You're going to be able to check it out like literally right after the show if you want to keep constantly putting it on repeat. I know it helps the boys out. It definitely rises them up on that <laughs> Billboard charts. But that track was called Safe Not Sound. And I want to remind the listening audience that you're listening to the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. And this is Strike a Chord, where if you physically or digitally pick up that record, you're going to know these tracks. And one of the coolest things, Stephen, you've already been enlightening us on so much <clears throat> more than I anticipated in this interview today. You just gave us the announcement of the brand new album title for the new record, Generation Waiting. You've also just let us know that you are about to go into the 10th recording of the track today, which I find is just incredible. But my thing is, what have you noticed differently now about your artistic process compared to your time in the studio creating Echoes of a Dream LP? Um, to answer your question and also finish answering the question about Safe Not Sound, because um, I want to do both there because I didn't really give you the actual what it's about. Um, we know what we want out of this record. The last record was like, okay, we found our sound with Girl in Blue. Let's make an album around it. Let's tell a story. This album was like, let's make something that feels timeless. Let's make something that speaks for an entire generation of people. Haha. Ha, right. Instead of just like, let's make cool pop tunes, you know, with like an interesting story to make it feel more prolific. Right. Safe Not Sound explores the darker, weird obsessions with like, you know, serial killers or, or dark, weird, uh, malicious. You know, a lot of people watch shows like Dexter or Mindhunter. I do. You're like, your, your album is exactly what I'm like. Yes, yes, yeah. and more yes. Or you want, it's like a crime <laughs> podcast. <I'm, laughs> if it had a visual representation. So I don't know why we're so obsessed with all this dark stuff, but like we are. So that's why I explored it. It might or might not end up on this record. It depends on how some music business things go down with who we've been talking to about releasing it. Um, it'll either be 11 tracks with this song or it'll be 10 without it on the album. But Go with it, way, with it, with it. Either way. <laughs> either way fill a bridge into the new era and we just know what we want now man i mean we know what we sound I mean, like no it's funny that you're saying that though steven yeah. because you guys have said that what i because i love your ep but then you said last time oh my gosh what that ep wasn't us and i went really i think that's one of some <laughs> of your best work and then echoes of a dream came out i really loved it i love that you guys changed your sound you guys weren't married to anything and that's what gets me excited when i hear this new single because you guys are constantly evolving I think it's bad when bands consistently stick with that same sound, you know, LP after LP after LP. So like, what do you consider to be the most challenging aspect, you know, of composing music right now? Completing like complete thoughts. So the reason why echoes is uh, more than uh, something that we want to represent is because it feels so complete. It looks so complete. It's a complete thought. Generation waiting is no different. Um, it's exactly the same thing, but we're pushing the boundary and reinventing the wheel a little bit. So it's not as just like, oh, here's the copy paste job, as you say, of the last LP. It's like, let's take some of the darker rock elements, push the boundary. But, you know, it needs to feel like a complete thing. Like when you're physically holding the record, when you're holding that vinyl and you're holding it and you're listening to all of those tracks, you're like, it feels like you're going into a different universe. And that's yes, like, like how albums used to experience. be in the 1970s and stuff, like where you had the whole entire album and it was a journey. And the art catalog, exactly. everything yes. that encompasses the, lyrics. With the music. I know, yeah. I think that's so cool. And, and Stephen, like when you when how does it work? I mean, especially when, you know, you got some of the CCS family out here, not everybody plays music today. So can you explain how you might compose a new piece of work? 
Yeah. <clears throat> For me, a lot of it's based on feeling. I will listen to a lot of bands uh, to get inspiration. But for me, a lot of it is I play. There are certain rhythms that you can hear that the human being is as capable of hearing. And once you start exploring how you can push that boundary of like, you know, I don't care if you have any musical talent or, at all. You can pick up a guitar and you play a couple notes. Okay. Um, after doing that for a few weeks, those couple notes turn into a melody and then a chord progression and then so on and so forth. So it's really about pushing that initial feeling you get from just experimenting. So if you want to write a song, you know, one of the things I learned was like, okay, go to the billboard charts, pick your three favorite pop tunes hmm. or whatever genre it is, and then change the words to your own. And then oh, I like that. Oh, have, I like that. Like a That's good so writing cool. practice. That's I, I, I don't, I've never heard that before. I actually haven't heard of a method until like three years doing the Chris <clears> College <throat> show. And that's probably one of the more intriguing ones that I've heard today. But as you were saying this, and you even referenced even with Marissa, like, please put it on the record, put safe, not sound. But what happens if your composition is poorly received and bandmates and producers don't want to work with it? I mean, what do you do? Well, you know, that's kind of what uh, the singles uh, Without You and Still Believe and Beginnings, like a lot of that was just us being, we put out Girl in Blue and then we being told by ARs, you need to sound like this, you need to look like this. So we started throwing out all these things that weren't the band. And it wasn't until like we gained, you know, complete control back of our project that Echoes came out and now we're at 4 million plays and just went on tour and signed our first deal and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you got to understand that. 99% of the time you're right, right? That hunch, that little pit you have in your stomach of, I should probably do it this way. Listen to that voice. Don't let anybody come in there and tell you you need to sound or look like this because, you know, they ultimately, they're not, they're usually not artists. And if they are, they could be telling you to change the one thing about yourself that would have made you unique and would have made you make it right. So if you listen to those people, you're just going to sound like everyone else. And I think that's a, beautiful message and i think that's a great plug going into the next track that we're going to be playing from you and this is animal sun's music video every word which you don't want to take every word literally how funny did that work out <laughs> so we're going to be playing every word this track is off their lp echoes of a dream you're hearing it now live on the chris collins show millennial talk show
shame what's good that is animal sun and that's their music video every word but we're out of time but i did want to uh give you guys uh go see animal sun they're gonna be playing live tomorrow night what's the venue that you guys are performing at uh, molly malone's it's in fairfax doors are at seven um and it is almost sold out there is barely you, you, it's you like gotta act now <laughs> you will literally at the door that's why chris you gotta come that's why i got i gotta make it happen come on let's get it oh chris but, you never go we'll, out go go I, yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll see what's good we'll see what's good but nine steve blake nine o'clock tonight they will be sold out so if you're coming get, buy them before nine tonight all right chris thank that's you. what's up and go follow animal son on social media you're amazing steve and we'll Thanks, talk steve. to you in the new year <laughs> i love you guys all right peace love you too man <laughs> peace <laughs> And I want to thank all my active listeners for joining us every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time because without your support, this show wouldn't be possible. And also, huge shout-out to comedian Marcus Hawkins and Stephen Blake for joining us uh, during our time on Strike a Chord right there. That's so cool. We got who, one last episode. This is our season who finale. Who is? Yeah, who is our <laughs> guest for our season finale? I'm I love this woman. I think what she's doing, the organization that she's created, it's a, it's a godsend for everybody out there who is thriving to be a part of the television, film, and theater experience. We have Just Talking guest Elizabeth Betsy Kim, co-founder of Gen Z Critics, going to be joining us next week for our season finale. And also, don't forget to check out our brand new podcast series called Off the Fret, featuring Royals as our second guest ever. More music, more music talk. It's already got... 5,000 plus views. So if you haven't seen it, you clearly have missed out on the party. So there's still time to get your foot in that door. And if you like what you're listening to, go to the Chris Collins show.com and become a member today and get that free CCS t-shirt for now. Enjoy the weekend fam. Peace. The Chris Collins show presents music storm 2021 hosted by Chris Collins and Marissa Pitts featuring Tiana Kutcher. 
Some daggers wear red. Desmond Walker. Dulos. Saturn till June. YT will. It feels good to be the bad guy. Walk these shoes, you'll see why. Look at things from both sides. Ain't nothing like the. Easy, man. One thug, one thug. Lord, show a little mercy on one thug. The Phoenix with Ben. There's more weight in my words than you give me. Chloe Wilder. Jonas and I came an animal son. So tell me how you see reasons to carry on. Music Store 2021 available on YouTube Live. Peace! Our brand new podcast off the fret. I love it. It's more time to chat. <laughs> Hello. You would look so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, <laughs> so um, are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? Oh, everything is everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Brand new podcast off the fret. So excited. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to... <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace. What's good? I'm Chris from the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show. The Royals, the latest band smashing it in the UK on the all-press top 10 UK pop punk bands list, joins Off the Fret. More music, more music talk. <laughs>